Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. The reputation is, is worth something. We really should keep it. So we ended up keeping the name or whatever. So happy that we did because it really embodies, you know, different aspects of our company by having all of these different names, but all of them sharing under nature's experts. In today's economy, more people than ever are looking to buy and sell businesses. But how do you do it? Welcome to the Deal Board, presented by Transworld Business Advisors. Straight talk about real deals and real people. Listen to stories, interviews, and expert advice to help your business sale, merger, or acquisition process. Now, here are your business exit experts, Andy and Jessica. Welcome back to The Deal Board, everyone. And today, we're talking about one of my favorite topics, which is growing through acquisition. This has become a more popular avenue for our buyers. We've seen a lot more buyers getting into the strategic acquisition phase of their business. And these are not just large companies. These are small businesses. These are businesses that are in growth mode. But today we really want to talk about like, how do you become a strategic buyer? How do you buy to grow? Yeah, I I think this is one of the big misses out there in the small business world. I mean, the big companies do that. The biggest landscaping company in the world is Brightview. They started in 1939 as Brickman. They wound up merging with Valleycrest. They got private equity money uh, from, from all kinds of places. And they grew, and they're the largest in the world, and they're still buying. And you can see companies like insurance companies like Brown & Brown are, have a division just to go out there and buy. And we have personal stories of companies, local companies that are going out there and doing the same thing, including Transworld. You know, I've bought several business brokerages over the year. It's a great way to buy. In fact, it can, well, I don't want to get too much into it because we have all the reasons why you need to do this. Yeah, we have all the reasons why and kind of the process that you need to follow through. But yeah, there's there's tons of companies that have started small and they've used the, the acquisition strategy to grow larger. There's a lot of different ways to leverage. And if you've listened to our podcast in the past, at, from a buyer perspective, there's all kinds of topics that we aren't going to cover today, but financing, seller financing, bank financing, how do you do that? Today, it's really focused on how do we how do you have a strategy on buying to grow? And we're going to take you through a few steps that you need to do or need to identify in order to establish your growth through acquisition strategy. So what's the first thing that these buyers need to do, Andy? Well, the good news is it's not that difficult if you just kind of follow the rules. So one of the first things you have to do is you have to set the goal. And we have plenty of goal setting uh, every year, we have a, a goal-setting podcast. We have plenty of, of advice about goal-setting. But you have to kind of decide why you want to grow and what do you want to grow? Do you, do, do you just want to get big? Are you looking to add, add, add personnel? I mean, so many businesses now are look want to acquire. I just had a roofer call me the other day, and he's like, I need to acquire something. I'm like, why? He's like, I just need workers. I need bandwidth. He's got plenty of business. He just needs to go out there. So there's, you know, plenty of reasons why you want to grow. You just have to, you have to decide what you, what you really want. Yeah. Yeah. Just set a goal and stick to it. JT has some great goal setting webs uh, episodes on the podcast. So now you have the goal, right? Now you know why, what you're going after and why we'll talk about like kind of what the search is next. But the, the next thing you have to do is have a budget. 
And actually, this is one of the biggest mistakes I see strategic buyers make is they think they have to go in and they have to have the full purchase price in cash and holding. And really, if you're making a strategic acquisition, so you're already in business and you're buying a business similar to yours or competitor to yours, you you don't need that much money to put down. Um, You'll be well qualified for SBA loans um, or other banking tools, maybe even some seller financing. But Having an idea of what size business you're going to have to afford, um, typically, you know, you're we're seeing anywhere between 10 and 30 percent down, right? So having an idea of what you can afford in terms of down payment, in terms of payments that you're making, and really a, a good rule of thumb that we always tell strategic buyers to, especially for their first acquisition, is to buy a company smaller than yours. That's another big mistake we've seen is for a first acquisition. I've talked to some colleagues of mine, they're like, oh, well, I want to buy this company that's doubled the size of mine. And, and kind of as we get into this this episode a little bit more, you'll you'll learn why that's not always the best acquisition. But looking for something that's a little bit smaller to yours, maybe 50% of the size of your company or, or even a little bit smaller than that. So set a budget that'll really help with step three, which is what, Andy? You have to agree on the criteria and be flexible. I talked a little bit about the criteria in step one. What are you looking to grow? What do you want? Do you, you know, do you, what is your perfect target? And once you have your goals and budgets agreed to, then you could set that criteria. So you should agree on an industry and you should agree, agree on what business lines you're looking for, like a landscaping again. If you're a commercial uh, landscaper, are you willing to get into the residential? And again, what size and perhaps what geography? I know down here in South Florida and I know in Denver, traffic's getting worse. So logistics of getting around to service customers might be even worse if you're trying to do something that's too far apart. And then overall, you know, what's the company culture you're looking to buy? Because a lot of times the philosophy of a company can be very important. Uh, I know, for instance, that we've turned down a couple of acquisitions here at Transworld just because we didn't agree with the company philosophy of what they were doing, and we were not going to be able to bring it in and make money with it. So if you're looking for you know that perfect add-on, um, I will tell you, though, you know, once you have all this in mind, the perfect add-on isn't out there. So you have to be flexible in this. And uh, a great example, again, we've had Jonathan and Jeff uh, from from the landscaping company that they are continuing to grow and they're doing a great job. And they bought a florist and they weren't thinking florist, but it was just a great opportunity for them. Here they are in the landscaping business. They take care of plants. They have customers. They have corporate customers. They have residential customers. And like, wow. Maybe we should buy, and it came with a piece of commercial real estate that they could park their trucks on. So like here they are like, we don't want a florist, but they wound up buying a florist. So you just never know what opportunity may come along to change your mind. Um, But this is a lot of work. So what's the next thing you're going to need? Yeah. So you have to put someone in charge and it's probably not you as the owner. Um, There's this, the search is a full-time job. 
right? So there is, like Andy said, there's not the perfect acquisition out there. You got to keep your options open. You got to keep your eyes and ears open. Um, so searching, you have to have someone that um, has given the authority to act quickly. Um, and that's not, doesn't mean to purchase the business on your behalf, but to take the next steps and acquire some information about it, make some offers because the best businesses do not stay on the market long, especially right now. I mean, we're seeing some of our best businesses. And when I say best businesses in highly desirable areas, industries, good cash flow, I mean, they might be under contract sometimes within a matter of a day or two. So this is a full-time job. Um, if you're searching for something very specific too, you might not be able to just rely on the marketplace. You might not be able to just search on tworld.com and some of the other listing sites. You might actually have to do some strategic outreach um, to a list of companies. So you have to have someone in charge and someone running this process for you, which more than likely is going to be number five on our yeah. list. And you need to enlist a business broker. And I think having a business broker, even if you have that person in charge, that person's going to need help. I mean, each business, the large businesses out there have departments and they, they're headed up by a vice president of development. You know, the person that's in charge of corporate acquisitions. And so you're going to need that person. So that could be a combination. Listen, you could put your son or you could put, you know, your partner or your wife or who, or your husband, whoever, in your company that you're going to say, Hey, let's go and grow this year, go out there and do it, but they should find a business broker. So you have that professional in your corner. And what I think one of the things that you could do to be really successful is to be loyal, right? Mm -hmm. So be involve them in every deal you find, even if you found it yourself. And even if you must pay them and we're, I'm watching this work, right? So I, Watched uh, a couple of deals. We just sold that very large restaurant, very famous restaurant here in Fort Lauderdale. And we had the listing. They, the buyer brought his own buyer and he said, don't worry about that. He brought his own broker. He said, don't worry about that broker. I will pay him out of the deal. Now, wound up we we wound up working out where we gave them, them a little bit of money. But he, that person is in every deal. Now, we have found other deals for this buyer and we have brought that broker back in because we realize, hey, he's a he's the decision maker for this buyer. And so your loyalty will pay off because, again, that person, who, that business broker will go out there. They will find off-market deals, just like you said. To find good deals right, right now, you're going to have to find off-market deals. And if your business broker is willing to go to a conference and talk about you at a cocktail party and say, I got a great buyer which just happened to me. I just had someone come up to me and say, I got a great buyer for some of your deals. And uh, I went right back to her and said, okay, let's bring them into that deal. So it's, it's in, enlist a business broker because yeah. you, you, you're going to need what when you're done? You're going to need a transaction team. Um, so if you, if you think about this, you're right, Andy, some of these larger companies, the middle market companies, the multinational companies, they, they grow by acquisition every year. And we see these acquisitions in the news all the time, right? And they have full M&A departments. Now, as small business owners, we know we can't have a full M&A department, but we can build an outsourced transaction team. 
So leading that team usually is your business broker, but you're also going to need other professionals that you can defer to. And having those people in place before you find the right deal is, is preferable. One, because they're going to help you help advise you while you're searching. They might even bring some deals to the table just by the nature of being involved in the industry or involved in transactions. So you're definitely going to need a great attorney. And this is somebody that's involved in transactional business acquisitions in the small business environment. So ask your business broker, ask around the community, who's the best deal-making attorney in your environment. Um, you're also going to need a CPA that's well-versed in the deal-making process. You want somebody that's going to help you, you know, vet the financials, but more importantly, put the deal structure together from a tax perspective and an acquisition perspective. And the key part of this is it's probably not the professionals you're using to run your business right now. There's a whole subset of professionals from and attorneys and CPAs that specialize in small business acquisitions. And that that's not necessarily your general business attorney, your general accountant or bookkeeper. It's that's a great point. You need that team. You need that person. And it's probably not the person you may be working with right now. So I know I use several lawyers for different things and, and I, I use different accountants for different things as well. So there is a subset of people out there. And when you find that team, you have to be aggressive. You have to go out and make and close deals. So you have to make offers. I think that was the one big thing that I didn't do early in my career. I should have made more offers to people. You can't be afraid. Don't have paralysis by analysis. Don't just keep looking at the deal, keep looking at the deal. Some of the greatest entrepreneurs I know, I remember I used to hang around with the owner of Prince Spaghetti and Prince Spaghetti was one of the largest pasta companies in the world. And he started in Boston. And he told stories about back in the day, he used to travel around the United States with his accountant, with his checkbook. And he would go out and he would buy pasta companies. And he did it by literally driving in his car. Now, this is back in the old days. But that's a great, you know, he was great at meeting with sellers and cutting deals. And I always tell I always tell people, don't worry if the deal is too, you know, if if the sellers ask for too much money, they don't know what to ask for. And they're always going to shoot high. It's okay to make an offer based on your perceived value. And what's going to happen is I've seen a, I've seen this happen a lot. Once the sellers are convinced that you can make their life better, either by giving them money helping take some of the burden off running the company and or make their employees a good home or make their company live on for long into the future. I've seen sellers change the price and terms to be extremely favorable to the buyer. So once you win over that seller, once you show that you have a team that you could actually close on the transaction, We've seen sellers make big moves to make um, that buyer happy and, and get a deal done. Yeah. And honestly, a strategic buyer is, is most sellers' dreams, right? They want somebody that understands their business, that's going to treat their team well. And, and we do, Andy, we see this a lot from because we're mostly representing sellers. We see sellers that sit on the market, the business might be a little bit overpriced, and they just want to keep it out there at that price because they want to see what kind of offers they're going to get. Um, and they don't want to underprice themselves. And, and a lot of times the buyers are hesitant to make a, not necessarily a lowball offer, but even a lower than asking price offer. So 
get out there. The worst you can have is a no answer, but at least it opens the conversation. So once you get out there, you make offers, you get the deal closed. The last step is you've got to integrate the companies. And this is probably the biggest heavy lift that you have in this acquisition strategy. And I alluded to it before. This is why you probably want to start smaller than the company you have now. You don't want to go and require the big heavy hitter in your industry. You want to have, you know practice and make sure you can do this integration step really well. So you want to properly integrate the new assets, the new employees are very important, customers, vendors into the current company. And the best advice is just over communication. We also talk a lot about too, is like, don't come in and try and make a lot of wildly big changes right away. Sit back, observe, see how your new company is interacting. Maybe they have some assets or employees or processes that can improve your current company you never even thought of. But take some time, over-communicate, and do that integration really well, and you'll end up with an integration process that you can repeat for transaction after transaction after transaction. Yeah, once you get the uh, once you get a reputation for doing the right thing, and I've always done that. I've always wound up paying more to the sellers than they thought they were going to get. I always wound up treating the employees that they had uh, better than they had been treated before, and bringing them into the family and working very very hard to integrate people into my company. And I've seen it over and over again, where this, this could be the kind of the end of your acquisition. And this could be the beginning of the, uh, of their, after their first one, it's kind of like having a kid, right? If your kid, if you do the, do it right the first time, you don't mind having five. I don't know about that one right now. I I figured I'd bring that up at some point, but you know, once, once you have a, a successful integration, and you have employees there, and you have the old seller, that will make the next ones uh, very easy because if the old seller is on your side and can tell the, you know, the, the potential target saying, hey, I sold my business to this person. I'm still around. I love hanging around now. I don't have the worries or the overhead anymore. And he's taken on everything. And I actually make more money now than I did before. I mean, those are the kind of things you want to have happen so you can have a successful acquisition, you know, policy and procedure moving forward. Yeah. And look, we wanted to bring this topic up because th- this is a great growth strategy. Oftentimes it's less expensive and less time intensive than growing organically over time. Um, a lot of people ask me like, Hey, what's the secret to small business success? This is the strategy for growth that large M&A or large uh, middle market companies use, multinational companies. This is private equity strategy. So this is one of those secrets to success. And we've talked a lot about valuation too, is that, you know, valuations driven by quantity of earnings. So every acquisition you make, the more quantity of earnings you're acquiring, the more your whole company is worth over time. So it's it's not, um, I wouldn't say it's a hard strategy, but it's definitely one that you need to build over time. But the opportunity is right now, right, Andy? Yeah, the opportunity is now. I mean, the baby boomers are going to have to go. Uh, the, I think the buyer pool will start to, to fizzle out. But still, even though there's tons of buyers out there, again, like you said it earlier, strategic buyers are the preferred buyer. They have the industry knowledge. They may have the financing ready to go. They have the ability to, to take on a, a, the guts of a business and straighten it out and get it moving and get it more and get it more efficient, get those, get those economies of scale and actually help 
everybody make more money. And so I think this is, I think this is essential for small businesses. Young people, if you are listening to this, young people, <laughs> this is the way you make bank. This is the way you can make a lot of money in your life through acquisition. Buy a small business, learn it, and then go out there and acquire. Yeah. And if you need two examples, you've got two right here on this podcast. We've both grown our businesses through acquisition. We've represented a lot of different buyers that have uh, put this acquisition strategy into process. And um, they are the most successful entrepreneurs that I know. So we hope this opened your eyes a little bit to some acquisition strategies. We have, a, just in case you're wondering, we've got some listings of the week to share. So maybe those will fit your needs list that you're developing right now. Yep. And a good deal of the week as well. Yeah. Well, let's get to it. Transworld Business Advisors is the world's largest business brokerage and mergers and acquisitions firm with over 500 brokers in nearly 200 offices worldwide. Transworld's team handles thousands of business sales every year. To be connected with a qualified business broker or learn more about the buying and selling process, visit tworld.com forward slash the deal board or call 888-719-9098. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And again, we were talking about how companies should be acquisitive. And I did, of course, mention Jonathan's name earlier in the broadcast. And so I, we thought, hey, let's just bring him on. Let's just talk about what him and his brother have done over the years. And let's get an update because we've had you on the show before, Jonathan. And I just wanted to bring you on. So Jonathan of Nature's Experts, and he'll talk about that name too. Jonathan, welcome again to the show and tell us what's been up. Andy, great speaking to you. Lots been up, a lot of different new activity, different options. There's definitely an interesting story I actually have for you from a business that we looked at maybe four years ago that I can update you on. Great. But as far as our business at Nature's Experts, <clears throat> This year has really been going extremely strong. Definitely been focusing most of all on our team and making sure that we're all really on the same page as far as our mission. And by doing that, we've really attracted a lot of really great people this year um, from other companies unintentionally. It really mm -hmm. has happened really organically. So it kind of brings me to what happened recently with us, which is there was another company that was for sale four years ago. It was when we were looking for one of our companies that we purchased called Diaz Brothers. And when we purchased that company, we were like, do, you know, what's the best option? When you're buying a business, you don't specifically know which business you want. Or if you do know, you don't know if that specific business you want to purchase is for sale. So you kind of have to go into it with an open mind that, you know, anything is possible. Who knows what we're going to find? Maybe you'll find something better. Maybe you'll find something different that you have to get a little bit more creative with. So while we were looking, there was a tree company that was for sale um, called Astoria Tree. And then there was Dias Brothers. So Astoria Tree was a tree company that we, we just recently bought one at the time. So we're like, I don't think that's really a good fit, but it's kind of interesting to know, you know, as your business buying, what's going on with the competition? So obviously you can't solicit the information at the time, so on and so forth. But it is interesting to know, maybe there would have been a good fit if it was a different tree company. That particular company was like right next to where we're currently located in Pompano. So there really wasn't any benefit besides just buying more customers at the time. Mm 
Mm. So we went forward with the transaction with Diaz Brothers. Everything's been going great so far. So we fast forward now all these years and our mechanic, Lou, um, referred me the previous owner, Steve, of Astoria Tree. So he calls me, reaches out to me, and I'm like, I remember your business was for sale. He's like, well, it was. I'm like, so what happened? He goes, well, it was for sale. Somebody purchased it. They put it half down. They had the business for about six months, ran it into the ground. I was holding paper on it. And I literally had to take over the business again. In the last two years, I've been rebuilding the business and trying to get it back to its original glory, so to speak. So currently the business is doing about $500,000 a year. When he sold it, it was doing around 800 or a million dollars a year. So it's about half the amount of revenue, but he only has about four people. So the situation came up and I said, you know, we just purchased a company in January. You know, we're still kind of onboarding with that. We're moving from one location to another. You know, we kind of have a lot going on. I go, we're interested as long as the way that we actually structure the deal doesn't have a lot of cash outflow for us to purchase the business. I go, we're willing to personally guarantee it. And maybe, you know, but we're, we're very interested. You know, we definitely could use, um, you know, our business as far as growing. You're only as strong as you are for our tree company as you are able to keep everyone working throughout the winter. So right. I'm constantly thinking, how do you backload more work for the winter time? So the day after, somebody else who used to work for us um, about around the same time, around four years ago, he worked for us for about three or four months. It didn't work out. He was in kind of the infancy stages of the management um, of Sherlock at the time. And uh, he went and worked for another company. And then ironically, the next day, he called me. And he's like, hey, things really aren't exactly working out where I'm at right now. And I'm really thinking about making a move. I'm like, wow, I'm like, this is, this is perfect. How can right. things work out? There's a business that's for sale. The owner's not going to be there. We need additional people to manage it. This is almost too good to be true. So we continue talking. We're definitely aligned as far as what we want to um, achieve with, you know, having him come on board. I kind of let him know what the different options are. We have another office in Delray. Um, and moving forward again, he's like, so I have some people that actually want to come with me. I'm like, oh, it's great. You know, it's we always, you know, especially in the summertime, we always can use more qualified people. It'd be amazing. Right. So he uh, tells me we have 12 people that would like to come and work for us also. They're sick of where they're at now. I'm like, you got it. When can they start? He's like, we want to start uh, next week. We're going to have some of them start this week and some are going to start next week. So again, we're now into what happened this week. And we sent out an LOI to um, this other tree company, Astoria Tree. Randy's actually helping us with um, with the brokerage of it just to make sure that like, you know, it does make sense. The other owner's comfortable. Right. Um, and everything like that. And the new guy starts soon. And it's like a whole business. Like we've, we've, we're going to be capturing a whole nother business by buying this company. There's, he's an owner who isn't quite as engaged as maybe we would be. And we're looking at opportunity differently than we look at opportunity. How we look at opportunity is you just have to keep networking and meeting more people and you have to do all of these bids, even if they seem like they're like kind of cold leads, 
continue to market yourself and network through the managers that you have. And for us, we're like, if he's only doing this much business, I'm sure he's getting more leads than that. And I'm certain he's not able to actually facilitate more work either. So he might not be bidding on stuff because he might just be saying, I'm just too busy. I can't accommodate. When we would be like, we'll figure it out. Don't worry. So very excited. That's kind of one of the ongoings right now that we're in. We have the 12 people that are starting. Six of them already started. Six are starting on this coming Monday. And we're really excited um, really about what the future to hold. The moral of the story ultimately is that it's it's amazing how when you really open up your your mind and your business and you make it public to everyone what your intentions are to do the best, to be the best, to continue to grow, to have upward mobility for all these different people in our organization, it starts attracting people because there's so many people that really aren't in line with that kind of mindset to really you know, grow their business. It's almost just like they're happy to where it's at. That's awesome. That's a great story. Uh, and I, I know you're doing great things. So get, give us a little bit uh, of step back one bit and, you know, talk to us about, you know, you, you started with one company and now how many you're up to all the acquisitions you've done. So definitely, I think I got a little bit ahead of myself there with the story, huh? But it's okay. Uh, no, that, 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 that's what's going on today. So just tell us what, you know, how you got there. So that's today. So back in uh, 14 years ago, I actually met my brother, Jeff, for the first time uh, through Facebook, actually. He's my brother from my dad's first marriage. And uh, we met through Facebook. I didn't mm-hmm. know that he existed. The second that they reached out, it was actually my sister that reached out from my dad's first marriage. And they're like, you know, is your dad Jeffrey Wolfson? I'm like, who would be asking a question like this? So I asked my mom, she's like, yes, your, your, your dad had two kids before you and your brother, Justin. And I'm like, oh my God. I go, how am I, how did I not know this? So literally that night we instantly connected, got on the phone, started talking. And from that point, it literally was just an instant bond between me and my brother, Jeff. We spoke every single day for hours. I'd be getting on for my job back in when I was in Missouri. He'd be, you know, working, doing his thing here in South Florida. And, um, you know, after 10 months of getting to know him, I ended up moving to South Florida and determined, I just like, this is where I really should start my life. I, I was born in Fort Lauderdale, raised in St. Louis. I literally remember being a little kid and I was always like, where are you from? I'm like, oh, I'm from Florida. And I thought it was like the coolest thing in the world just to be like, I'm from Florida, even though I lived here maybe six months when I was a kid. So I always had that like connection in me that really always kind of brought me back here. So it really felt like it was coming full circle. So when I met my brother, Jeff, the company was significantly different. It was comprised of flower shops, interior plant maintenance, holiday decorating and lighting. And we subbed out landscaping, tree trimming and pest control services. So different than what our organization is right now, where we have six different companies, three landscape companies, a tree company, a pest control company, and then the original company, Threckle Botanicals, that does interior plants, fresh flowers, orchids, holiday decorating, and lighting. So over the years, we've added on all these other different companies. We've merged in some of them into our current group of companies, and we found it to be really successful to add companies and keep their names. You know, originally it was by not really knowing what to do. 
you know, our first company that we purchased together was Sherlock Tree Company. And we purchased it and we're like, you know, do you, you know, big companies, what do they normally do? Well, big companies usually like, you know, make it their name. But that makes sense because they have their name, right? So their their name is worth more than your name that you're buying. So at the time, we're like, well, you know, Sherlock Tree Company, they're like the experts, like the gym, the original owner was one of the first arborists in Florida. Like he knows all these different people at these cities. Like the reputation is, is worth something. We really should keep it. So we ended up keeping the name or whatever. So happy that we did because it really embodies, you know, different aspects of our company by having all of these different names, but all of them sharing under nature's experts. So mm. we purchase um, Sherlock Tree Company. It starts off with four people. I am one of the people also. I'm a driver. I'm the uh, accounts receivable. I'm the accounts payable. I am the uh, secretary. I am all of the above. I am a tree trimmer in training. I am uh, a truck driver, dump truck driver, you name it. So great experience in the beginning, getting to learn all of that stuff. And I quickly found that there's so much opportunity. It's like never ending this amount of opportunity. And, you know, I'm looking at all these other bigger companies, you know, trying to absorb what I can about, you know, what do they do? What, what website, what marketing, what different new things are they trying? What do their trucks look like? What do their logos look like? Does this look old fashioned? Do I need to update it? And all of these different things. And I, I really have absorbed a lot of understanding how certain people make those decisions now. So we really, I really started with the tree company in a, in a level that it was kind of from the beginning, you know, the business had a reputation and it had a small customer base. It did $450,000 when we purchased it. So it wasn't nothing, but it was a business where it'd be busy in the summertime and it would be slow in the winter. Right. And it's very stressful when you're slow in the winter, especially when you only have four people is you have to keep everyone working because if they're not working for you, they're going to work for somebody else. So that's always been the driving force of wanting to grow is because we don't want to feel those, those, that tightening in the winter months. So we've always focused on growing the company really aggressively, you know, during the summertime. So you can backlog more work into the wintertime or sell stuff now and then you know, perform it in the winter months. So as Sherlock began to grow, we, um, you know, came up with another opportunity, actually. It was for a pest control company. So a pest control company that was for sales, maximum pest and fertilization. We're like, you know, this is another, it's a, it's a niche business where, you know, you need a certification and look how many customers there are. They're all over. Literally, they're just, every, every single person uses some sort of fertilization and pest control services. So we purchase maximum pest and fertilization. Afterwards, we actually buy another tree company. So Sherlock is doing well. We're starting to get more of a foothold in our Broward area, but we don't have that same positioning in HOAs. So HOAs, when I'm speaking of HOAs, I'm not talking about smaller ones. I'm talking about really large ones in Palm Beach County. So those are jobs that are 30, 40, 50, 60, $100,000 or more you know, in annual contracts where you can do them, you know, once per year, they'll have a winter trimming and you'll have a three-year contract. So we're like, you know, we're not, how are we going to get into that market besides buying into it? So we looked for businesses that were for sale. Again, we use Randy at Transworld and we found a company called Frames Tree Service. So we bought Frames Tree Service, 
My brother actually ended up knowing the old owner, Dennis Forgione, from way back when. And it was really just a great marriage. Dennis actually still works for us now, which is amazing. That's, you know, five plus years later, he still works for us. So we, you know, start growing the tree division. We get the tree division. It's continuing to grow and develop. And then we're coming up to the next roadblock where we're like, you know, it's great that we fixed one problem, but what are we doing? We're still subbing out our landscaping. You know, it's, it's very profitable to do that because you don't have to touch anything and you can calculate your profit from the beginning. I'm selling it for this. They get this. I make this very simple, very straightforward, but it's also not really tangible value that you can really sell. You know, if you're selling a landscaping company that has no equipment and has no people, what is it really worth? You know, the value would be much less. Right. So we start looking, we uh, reach out to Randy again, and uh, we find that Dias Brothers Landscaping is for sale. So they're located in Delray Beach. Purchase, uh, go through with the acquisition of purchasing Dias Brothers. And for purchasing Dias Brothers, it was really strategic for the business, but it was also strategic for the management. You know, we had at the time, it was my brother, Jeff, it was myself, and it was Dennis. We had three managers for, you know, running all of that whole operation. So we felt it was extremely important that with trying to, to grow, we need really to surround ourselves with a strong staff, you know, besides that to where we can really have other people that can help run the business for us. And we can use some of our foresight that we've, we've built up with where we see the brand going. So Diaz had a group of account managers, it had a general manager, and it had an installation manager and an office manager. These are all things we didn't have. So purchasing Diaz was really like our first step into really understanding what we really actually want to purchase. We have really great ideas. We know how to implement. We know how to go after more business, but you don't have anything unless you have really a great culture and a great group of people to do it with. So we subbed, we were actually, Sherlock Tree Company was one of the companies that Dias Brothers used to sub out to Sherlock Tree Company. So I already knew some of the customers. I knew the management. I knew how their whole, whole system worked there. And it was really a comfortable transition, at least for me, because I already knew it. It doesn't really work that way on the other side. You know, when the employees that uh, came over from Dias, you know, they're skeptical. They're coming into somebody they don't really know. Right. And I'm somebody who's a little bit younger in the industry also too. And it's like, you know, is this, what is this guy about really? You know, and it, it definitely takes, I've found about six months to really get that buy-in process with employees that if you're really defining a new roadmap to where people want to go, you really can do that, but it takes about six months. It's been like that almost for all of our different businesses that we've purchased where Everyone cooperates. Everyone's nice. Everyone's pleasant. It's great, but it's not, it's not what you know it's capable of being until you really get on an intellectual, personal level with everyone on your team that you really can collaborate, come up with great ideas, and then execute because you can't execute all of it yourself. So after Dias Brothers, we, um, the business is going great. We've actually now since doubled Dias since we purchased it. Um, back when. So Dias is going great. The landscape installation manager, Brian Moore, is out looking at different plants and nurseries. And they and he comes across somebody in the nursery like, hey, I, I heard, heard, 
that you guys, you know, have like, are like looking for businesses to buy or whatever. And, um, he's like, yeah, like we're definitely looking like to continue to keep growing. He's like, what are you hearing? He's like, Oh, well, there's this company that only does work on Palm beach Island called coastal gardens that, um, the guy's looking to sell. So this is a market that is difficult to penetrate Palm beach Island. It's its own market by itself. And it, the, the transaction came with property. So we're like, this really is something we really should really should try to entertain. So the only problem was it happened right before COVID. So right before COVID, we, you know, start interacting with the other owner. He wants to wait a little while to sell. COVID is in pretty much full effect at the time. Right. And then a few months into COVID, we still keep going on with the dialogue to purchase the business. We end up making a deal and we purchased the company in the, in the thick of COVID. I think that resulted in us getting a better price and the owner being more willing to get out of the business. But at the end of the day, it certainly was extremely intimidating, not knowing exactly yeah. what's going to happen at that time. So uh, Coastal Gardens now has been going great. We've been improving the nursery. And, you know, looking forward now to the next thing, we just closed on our last business in January. Last business, you know, we're, we're like, you know, what's next? Like, how do we, you know, by, by reaching out to Randy and Transworld, you know, we, you want to get ideas kind of. Like, you have an idea in general, like for ourselves, we're like, you know, we want to migrate north or we want to migrate south or we want to go to Orlando. Like, we had a general idea of exactly how we wanted to you know, move forward. So we're like, you know, what business locally are for sale that are in West Palm Beach or North? That's what we kind of started with. And they're like, there's one that's on Palm Beach Island. We're like, that's amazing. You know, there's only like five staple companies that are on the island. So if we own another one, it's like the chances of people finding us is significantly higher. We literally have a two out of five chance that we're going to be the person that somebody's going to use. And if they used to have five trucks and now there's going to be 15 trucks on the Island. It's 15 more eyeballs that everyone can connect and maybe call our company as well too. So, you know, with the transaction on that, we're like, you know, we could move them from their office. They were renting. We own a property up there. Maybe we could, we could obviously save the rent then the rent could go back towards, you know, the purchase of the business. So it's kind of a net zero expense to buy the business and we're really working in profitable territory a lot quicker. So now we've owned it for four months, uh, Garden Couture. It's been going unbelievable. We moved them into our other location off of Southern, and we're literally now looking at this other tree company. So it brings us now to, to currently what happened with my story before of how all these different opportunities have organically spread throughout the whole community of landscaping and tree companies in South Florida to just see how that we're really interested in growing. We're interested in becoming the best go-to, having the right kind of clients, the right kind of people, treating everyone fairly, not messing around with anybody, and just really wanting to run the most professional business that's not really corporate. Like, you know, we have, we have a level that's set that's very high. And anything above that that you want to do in our company, you're free to do it. Let's try it. You know what I mean? It could work out that it's better, but anything where you think that it's going to give us a, a better result than the high level that we're working at now, 
we want to try it. Even if it's risky, we want to try it. We want people to take initiative and take ownership of their particular position. So I'm definitely proud to say now that we have six companies, Directable Botanicals, Maximum Pest and Fertilization, Sherlock Tree Company, Diaz Brothers, Coastal Gardens, and Garden Couture. Amazing. Just an amazing story. You hit on like everything we were just talking about uh, on how to get this done. And so I, I'll, I'll finish with one more thing or two questions. One, how would you encourage people to get started? Encouraged in buying a business? Or yeah, or just, you know, if, they, I, if this is more about if you have a business, why should they consider buying another one? So I've definitely found you have to be prepared for what's ahead. So, you know, you have to have a certain level of knowing where you want to be before you can buy another business. So we knew that we wanted to be the best. I set my eyes and my brother did also on, we wanted to be one of the top 100 landscape companies. Like, wow. Like if we were one of the top 100 landscape companies, like you've, you've made it right. Right. And um, this year, I think we actually might get on the list. Like the lowest person on the list is around $25 million in total gross sales. And I think we're going to exceed that this year. We're definitely on track to beat that. So I'm excited that like we've, we've kind of made it right, but right. we've only made it because we've been willing to risk all of the goodwill and the profits that we've been made. And we've certainly have still lived a nice life but it's all about living below your means for as long as you can to really get what you want to have in the future as far as your desired result. So I think that anyone who's looking to buy their business and to buy a business and to grow a business, it's important to understand what your priorities are. What is really most important? Is it most important that you make the most amount of money right now? Or is it that you're worth the most amount of money when you retire? And you can have both. It doesn't take a hundred years to pay back a business and right. move before you're profitable. It can be really quick. It could be a year or two. You know, you, you might take half the amount of money that you make one year and you put that down on a business. And then within a year or two, you could be extremely profitable and you're in a completely different situation. You right. know, I feel like it's, it's something that, you know, in this day and age, especially in the service industry, in very specific industries, it can be intimidating for people to buy businesses, but it's also intimidating for owners because they want to feel comfortable that they're selling to someone that's going to take care of their business and that they're not just giving it off to somebody who doesn't care. So I think that people need to understand there are business owners that are looking for other business owners that want to take their business to the next level where they couldn't. And that interest. I think has found a little bit reduced of a purchase price. It's given a little bit more strength to the owner. If you're purchasing a company, I know what it can be. Like right. if you're buying right. another business, you look at someone else's model and you're like, I can do it better. Or if I had two of these, I'd be able to do this. And I think that's when you need to have like, you know, the creative juices flowing of like, you know, what you can do with opportunity and a little bit of risk at the same time. You know, we took, when we purchased Frames Tree Service, we literally took um, and we made, split it up into two payments with the owner and we took no profits that one year 
And then the second year, we took half of our profits and we paid off the business in two years. When we did the same thing with the pest control company, we ended up paying, it was $400,000 for the uh, pest control business. And we did $200,000 down, $200,000 at the end of the first year. We had retained earnings that we had kept. And by doing that or whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's really more of like, how is your money working for you? You know, it is an investment. You know, one way to invest money is to put it into the stock market in your retirement. Right. Another way is to put it into a business. And if we put $200,000 down and it, it's making us $200,000 in a year, you know, that seems like that would be a great investment. Or even if it was making a hundred or 50, you know, if it made, if $200,000 made $50,000 a year, I, that's a great investment. People right. will be signing up all day right. long. Right. I don't think people realize the the financial mechanics of putting a down payment down and the finances and what the extra income can spin off to you and how that actually works as far as just doing an alternative method of, you know, investing. Well, they, they don't. And that's why we're here talking about it today. The other question and the one that I kind of want to finish with is, you know, of course, I want to give you a chance to promote number one, your business and any projects that you're working on. I know you're working on some projects. So I wanted to give you an opportunity to do that. I would say the most exciting project that we're really working on right now is really developing our team. We are really just most, mostly focused on, you know, the growing portion with everyone being incentivized and aligned with what we want to do with the company. It's really about providing the right resources internally to make sure that we're all working together on a on a on a really level playing field and really in a team environment. So in a couple of weeks we actually have one of our nature's experts meetings. There's going to be 35 of our managers that are going to be there and everyone's excited. They're excited to go to it, they're excited to be a part of it. You know, in the beginning when we started with a certain amount of people and we keep growing every single year, you know, the the small portion that come in that are new don't really understand the whole process and then you know, it really is like, it starts to become much more of a family culture. And, you know, when you buy a business, you're buying not just people, you're buying, you know, their network of people and their network of people and their network of customers and resources. And that's really where you can leverage, you know, a lot more in your favor in your business, that that's really more kind of where we're focused right now. You know, acquisition can help, you know, as far as our business, and we'll continue to do that, but we're much more focused now on acquiring and managing and maintaining our elite staff of people to continue to keep working on this very high level of taking care of our customers and figuring out new ways of working. You know, there aren't that many companies that are in South Florida that are in a service industry that do the amount of business that we do. And I don't say that to be bragging or anything. I say it to be like, it's intimidating we need to right. make sure we keep up at our level. Like that's really the part that it's great that you can buy businesses to get to a certain level, but it's about sustaining it. You know, it's impressive when you see companies that have sustained a high level of quality and service for a long period of time. That's impressive to me. It's not impressive to do a lot of sales. It's impressive to keep, retain, do the best work, have the best people, have the best culture. And as far as buying businesses, that's almost become the easier portion and the easier formula because we have all these different managers. You know, we present ideas to them and we get feedback. 
Is that a good idea? Who wants to be involved in this particular acquisition? Who thinks that this could be a good direction? Do they know anybody um, in that area that we can get some other information about that company? You know, that's really, I think, where where the new leverage moving forward is for pe- is is people. It's right. really utilizing right. and trusting and working with people. All right. Well, it's, it's somebody amazing story, and you just hit on everything that we were talking about. So thank you for that. Uh, Jonathan, what's the best way to learn more about nature's experts in your companies if somebody wanted to be a customer or somebody wanted to talk to you? So if anyone would ever like to be a customer, if anyone's looking to partner with us on any projects, purchases, acquisitions, um, jobs that are maybe not in our South Florida area that we could help you in that are maybe in Central Florida, North Florida, anywhere, you know, we travel and do installations and trimming and removals and we do it all. And uh, if anyone ever wants to get in touch with us, with us, you can go to naturesexperts.com and you can email us through there. That'd be great. Jonathan, thank you so much for that update. Amazing. Look forward to having you on again, talking more. Absolutely. Andy, thanks so much. Hey, Andy, do you know what time it is? It's time for our deal of the week. Deal of the week. Sold. Welcome back, everybody. I'm very excited to have Bobby Coffey from our Houston office for Transferal Business Advisors. Bobby, welcome back to the show. Thank you. So you've got a new business for sale you want to tell us about. So tell us a little bit about this business. So this business is really exciting. Um, it is uh, athletic related and is a training center for uh, youth and club sports. So they manage about 36 different club teams league teams, uh, do sports camps and vacation camps. And the, they're, they did fantastic through the pandemic. Um, their revenues have gone, have, have increased every year. And just with 2021 ended just under 2.5 million. Wow. Uh, EBITDA is in excess of a million dollars. Wow. So it's got very good margins. Um, mm-hmm. The owner uh, has been running it for eight years. Uh, in a custom-built facility with uh, three different buildings. And these uh, courts are made for the sport that, that, that the youth is p- playing. Um, excellent uh, location. It's in a great area with hundreds of thousands of homes um, in the area. And it supports um, the youth of uh, about an hour uh, radius from where okay. the facility is located. And it is in South Texas. Okay. Uh, yeah. Wow. I mean, it sounds like a great business. Those margins are insane. Um, I'm sure you're going to get a lot of interest on this listing, but if we have somebody that's listening to the show, they want to learn more about this listing or other businesses you're selling in Houston, how can they best get in touch with you? Uh, Bobby Coffee. My email address is bcoffee, and that's B-C-O-F-F-E-Y at tworld.com. And my phone number is 832-481-4406. Awesome. And we'll drop that information to the show notes for you as well, listeners. Bobby, thank you for coming back on the show. We hope to see you soon. Thanks so much. Hey, Jessica, you know what time it is? Money time? Almost. It's time for listing of the week. Hey, we're back and it is listing of the week. And I have Joe Hurst from Transworld Business Advisors of Five Towns, Jamaica. And he is here with a, another very interesting listing. Hey, everybody. It's great to be here, Andy. Thanks for having me. Um, So the business that we're talking about now is a dietitian and nutritionist practice uh, located in New York and New Jersey. 
they have these great, the, the unique thing about this business is they have these great uh, contracts with the insurance companies where they're able to get reimbursed for nutrition services, which is something that's hard to get. Um, their asking price is $2 million. Um, they're earning about 300000 in SDE. Um, that may be negotiable for the right buyer, but it's a play for the right strategic buyer who can take this business to the next level. Yeah, and the price sometimes grows on these things because of recurring revenue model. Right, sure. And that's exactly what they have. They have you know, the assets in place to really, uh, for a strategic buyer to take this business and, and blow it up. Wow, sounds like a great deal. If somebody wants to know more, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Sure, so it's the letter J, Hertz, H-E-R-T-Z, at tworld.com or 516-535-9690. Thanks for coming on, Joe. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for tuning into the show today. If you like the podcast, share it with your friends on social media. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app. If you have questions, would like to appear, or have suggestions for topics for the show, get in contact with us through our website, thedealboardpodcast.com. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.